Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. So God's crazy how He does all these things and works them all together. In the video it says, His life was poured out. The very spirit of the man was poured out. And he says this beautiful picture. You can take a flower and crush it and the fragrance pours forth. And at the cross at Calvary, they took Jesus' life and pressed it out of Him. But they only served to release the tremendous power, the power of God. What the enemy thought he was doing in that moment was crushing the hope of God and winning a battle that has been raging. Now a battle that is one-sided, don't get me wrong. I'm not here today to tell you that there's this power, this, this cosmic battle and we don't know which way it's gonna go. Will the enemy win? Will, G, will, will God win? Will Satan win? This isn't like, you know, Lord of the Rings where the good guys have got like no very, will they even get past all these amazing, you know, evil guys and will they make it? And you know, I'll carry you, says Samwise. No, come on. The, the battle has been won from the beginning to the end, God. Everything under... Come on, Satan is a created being. He's not, he's a created being. He's, come on, but, the, but there nonetheless has still been this play out of, of cosmic struggle. And in the moment, I love the fact that even the enemies was blinded to the very thing that what he thought was victory was meaning his certain defeat. What he thought he was doing by crushing Jesus was actually bringing forth a fragrance, bringing forth the spirit of man that we poured out on every generation from that moment to today. And there's a scripture that Paul addresses around this and I'm gonna read it in a second. And I apologise, there's no scriptures behind you. So you just think I'm gonna be extra attentive this morning. But why do I say in recent times, this has become really important. Because I believe that we are called, in fact, no, I don't believe it. I believe we're commanded to be the fragrance of God. That our lives are supposed to smell a certain way. I don't know, I went bush with Jaden for three days. There was fragrance. You know what I'm saying? There's fragrance, but I feel sorry for his father's car, beautiful Audi, I sat in the front seat. And I feel for his wife that had to sit in that front seat after me. Sometimes there's a fragrance around the church that isn't that attractive. There can be a fragrance that comes from our life that just isn't that attractive. There's a fragrance that when Jesus gets on our life, it smells good. The scripture as in 2 Corinthians 2 verses 14 to 16. For those of you that are taking notes, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. Paul says, but thanks be to God who in Christ, come on, let's say that, in Christ. Christ. Come on, in Christ. Always leads us in triumphant procession, in a triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ 
to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Now, I read that and I've read that, is that there are some people that are going to smell the fragrance of Jesus and go, I don't like that smell. I don't want to be a part of that smell. I don't want anything to do with that smell. I just, that's not me. I'm a Hugo Boss guy. I don't like that other fragrance, whatever it might be. But I've read that as in that some are going to smell it and it's going to be death to death to them. Maybe that's an accurate translation. But when you read the, 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 the commentary of the Scripture, this fragrance of death to death is to the enemy, to in spiritual places, he's the one that's smelling the death. To him, he's the one that's getting pulled along in this triumphant procession because he's been beaten. Let me tell you, Here's where it comes from. After a successful war, they would be, there would be a great procession to give honour to the Roman emperor or the general of the army. For the winning army, this was a very happy occasion. They would, they would praise their leaders as a great hero. Everywhere along the procession, people would burn incense, a substance which burns with a sweet smell. Its smell would fill the air. To the people on the winning side, that smell was beautiful. It expressed their great joy. However, the enemies hated that smell. It caused them to lose hope. They only expected to die because they were getting pulled along behind the processional in their cages. They had lost and were being defeated. And there was a choice. They're either going to go into prison or be executed at the end of this processional. Come on, we've got a king who won the victory, who is triumphant over Satan's sin and death, and, is, and, we, and he's going before us with a sweet smell, sweet aroma, and there's been an enemy that's getting pulled along behind, and his time will come. To him, this is the smell of death. But to us and to those around us, it should be the sweet aroma of life. Jesus on you and on me should be the sweet aroma of life that we spread everywhere. So what's happened in recent times, it's got this bubbling for me. And it's the situation currently that's in the media with a certain rugby player and comments that have been made on Instagram posts and the fallout of that in society I don't know, is anyone familiar with Israel, Israel Falal situation? Give me a wave if you are. Okay, okay. It saddens my heart that what I believe that young man intended, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know, but I would hope that his intention was to draw people to Jesus. But in that context, it is also having an adverse effect and pushing some people away. Now we can use this verse and go, hey, well, to some it's a sweet aroma of life and to others it's the smell of death. And, you know, like, I was challenged because I posted, I read this article by a rugby journalist and editorial and I liked the editorial, but the editorial talked about the courage of the young man to state his religious beliefs and, and it talked about religious or freedom of, ex, freedom of expression, freedom of speech and how if the Australian Rugby Board were to sack this young player, it would sort of be like a statement of, okay, now 
we've got less and less ability to speak out, we've got less and less ability to share what we believe, and it's going to be this domino effect of the bar's been set, yeah? And I have an issue with intolerance in the name of tolerance. And so I liked the article because I felt that it addressed that. But in sharing that article, what I didn't realise was just how the situation is affecting those outside of faith. We need to understand the culture that we live in, people. We live in a de-church society. We live, in a, we live in a time and a day where it's not that people don't understand church or don't, they, people think they've got a, great, a good enough understanding of what the church is and they just don't want a bar of it. People understand what they think that the gospel is or what Jesus is even and they don't want to have a bar of it. And so the way that we have to lead out our front room communications of the church has to be different to the back room conversations that we have as, as a church, yeah? And there is a fragrance that should emanate from us as Christians that leads with love. I'm not condemning or judging this young man and I, I certainly, man, I, I, it would be sad if he lost his rugby contract. It would be sad. And, uh, and in some ways he's, he's got a lot of courage. He's got a lot of courage, man. I remember Michael Jones back in my day not playing on Sundays, you know, and he was good enough as a player that they're like, okay, well, you can still come to the World Cup and just not play on those days. We, you know, I thought that was crazy courage. It takes courage to stand up for your faith, right? But we need to understand this temperature, this society that we live in are looking for reasons to discount Jesus, are looking for reasons to that their position, that people's position is, 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 is cemented by our actions. And so we've got to be so careful. And so I had a backwards and forwards with a friend around this post I shared and, and uh, it was, I, was really, I was really encouraged by the conversation we had all via messaging, but I took, I took my post down because his point was valid and his point was this, that as a Christian leader, you gotta be careful what you share because it can be a barrier to people coming to Christ. You gotta be careful what you share because it can become a barrier of people coming to Christ. I don't wanna be a barrier to anyone coming to Christ. When I preached a DNA series for C3 Wellington, we, we preached through a DNA, ser DNA series called Code and you might be able to find those messages online, but one of the messages we preached, which we wanted to be in the DNA, in the fabric, in the culture of our church is that we roll away the stone. And I'm not talking about the resurrection stone of Jesus, but I'm talking about the stone of Lazarus. I don't know if you know the story of Lazarus, Jesus' friend. He was sick, he called for Jesus, Jesus came, but too late he was dead and, and, and buried. Four days in the tomb. Jesus turns up, is overwhelmed by the grief of the situation. His heart is pulled into mourning, even though he already prophesied that this is not going to lead to death, but to the glory of, of God, the situation. God knew what was happening, but he still got pulled into the heart and the situation of people's feelings and emotions in that moment. He walks up to, he says, take me with him to where he's buried. They take him to the tomb. He's been in there four days. Or I don't think that's going to be a lovely aroma, people. I don't think that's going to be a lovely smell. 
Four days in the ground. In the ground. But Jesus is going to raise him from the dead, but he invites the people into the story. He invites them into the transaction. He says to the people, you roll away the stone. It's very hard to come to Jesus if there's a stone in the way. For people to come from death to life is very difficult if there's a stone in the way. And he is calling the people, come on, participate with me as I go after those that are lost. If I go after those that are, that are hurting, that are wounded, that, are, that have no hope, if I go after them, I want you to participate and roll away the stone. And, and so they did that. And so Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And out he came, still bound in his linen cloths. And he invites the people yet again to unbind him and let him go. And that speaks to our ability and, and community and ministry that we are called. We're called to spark each other, to help one another, to see freedom come on each other's lives. Yeah? That we're called to live deeply com- into community because one helps the other. You unbind him and let him go. I love that language, but come on, roll away the stone. And I find in my generation, I'm 43 years old. I know I don't look a day over 35. Even with the facial hair. (laughs) But I have got my own informed, I've been informed, which creates my own biases, which creates my own positions, which creates, and these things, if we're not careful, can become barriers to love. I'm not saying we throw away theology or throw away Positions on things. I'm saying we lead with love. I'm saying that we are the sweet aroma of Jesus Christ leading others to life. It was crushed out of Jesus and therefore poured out upon upon us. Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Come on, in Genesis 3.15, as soon as Adam and Eve had fallen and Satan had tricked them and sin had entered humanity, God prophesied over the woman and over the serpent and said that from her offspring, one will come who will strike your head. You will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. And Jesus from that day forth, come on, he was coming to do that and he did that. And now we have a victorious Lord and Saviour. But his fragrance is called to pour into us and out of us. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, leaning to this, leading with love. The life of Christ will be released inside of you and the resting place of his love become the very source and root of your life. Then you'll be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Can I say that again? How enduring and inclusive it is. 
endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God and the sweet aroma of Jesus Christ emanates out of you to the world around you. We need to lead with love. We need to lead with love. I read this commentary and I loved it. Because the video says, and, and Troy, actually worship team, you can come and join me. What does the resurrection display? It displays the wonderful struggle and victory of weaponless love. Do you like that? Weaponless love. For his only weapon is the cross of his son. And he fights only by the manifestation of infinite love, sacrifice, suffering, and pity. He conquers as the sun conquers the thick ribbed ice by raining down its heat upon it and melting it into sweet water. So God in Christ fights against the mountains of man's cold heart, sinfulness, and alienation, and by the warmth of his own radiation, turns them all into rivers that flow in love and praise. He conquers simply by forbearance and love. The victory of weaponless love, turning what was cold, melting it into a river that flows. I love that word picture. The video said this, and Troy, you can hit it, man. <laughs> The video says this, then he looks up and says, it is finished. He meant by that he had flung the bridge over the castle and had bridged the gulf between God and man. And from that moment, men and women have been walking over that bridge into the waiting arms of a loving and good God. There is victory in the cross. I love that. Come on, he's flung the bridge over the castle. The bridge has covered over the gulf. He has made a way. He has purchased your freedom. He's paid your debt. He's defeated death. He's vanquished the power of the enemy. It is finished. John 14, verses 1 to 3, as I close, Jesus in His words to His disciples before He goes to the cross. He says, this, he says, Let your heart not be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Yeah. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you will be also.
fragrance poured out. The bridge dropped from the castle. The way has been made. The temple's curtain was torn. The presence of God has been accessed through the cross of Jesus Christ. We have access into relationship, into freedom, into a family, into a hope, into a future, into purpose. I'm telling you, he just, he beckons you to come. Come on, the sweet aroma of Jesus is drawing us. And I think sometimes we think that crossing the bridge is a one-time deal. I'm going to say that again, my fellow believer. I think we think sometimes that crossing that bridge is a one-time deal. But I'm telling you, we've got to keep coming back to the heart of our Father. We've got to keep coming back to the home that He's created. We've got to keep coming back to the love of the Saviour. We've got to keep coming back into relationship. We've got to keep coming back into the intimacy that He's created. We've got to keep coming back into the purpose He created for us. We've got to keep coming back into the freedom that He bought for us. We've got to keep coming back. We've got to keep crossing that bridge because we are prone to wander, aren't we? We're sheep that can be led astray. And we've got to keep coming back. We've got to keep coming back the way that the fragrance gets on us. (laughs) I mean, just think about that for a second. You've got to be pretty close to the cologne (laughs) to get that smell on you, yeah? Seeing those people that spray it and then run into it, you know? (laughs) He's beckoning you to come. He's beckoning you again, come across, come across. Come on, let's think about that prodigal son and the father standing on the veranda, looking down the road saying, come home, come again. Do not let your hearts be troubled. In my place, there are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I prepared it like this. I poured out my blood so that you might have a family, that you might be in relationship with me, that you might know my intimate presence, that you might know my intimate joy, that you might know my intimate freedom, that you might know it, know it. And the smell of that on you will draw others to know it too. Come on, we need to lead with love, huh? We're going to leave with love. Father God, we thank you for this moment. God, I pray that the smell of Jesus will get upon us. <laughs> the fragrance of Christ would be all over this church. Father God, that we would not be the ones to be intolerant and judgmental, but we would be the ones to lead with love that we would lead with love. God, we thank You for Your grace, Your victorious grace. We don't deserve it. There's nothing that we could do to earn it. And I know that I say that and it can just roll past the ears of those that have been in church for any wee while. But come on, we need to be freshly reminded of the fact that we don't deserve it. And that we need a fresh revelation of just what You have done for each and every one of us. Your love poured out, your your body broken, taking on my sin and the sin of the world and the wrath of God. And now as we live in light of the cross, as we now we live in light of the resurrection, Father God, I pray that your presence would draw us once again across that bridge into the loving arms of our Heavenly Father and 
I pray that as we spend time in your presence, their fragrance would rub off. And I pray as their fragrance rubs off, that we would take that into the world around us. That people say, what is different about you? What is that about you? Come on, we're not, we're not Christians because of what, because of the Bible. Let's be fair, man. I love the Bible, man. I'm a Bible person. Don't get me wrong, but come on, we're not Christians. Because of that, we're Christians because of Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the dead. We're Christians because of what Jesus Christ did. Here's the hope of glory. Here's the hope of my heart. Here's the hope of humanity. And so, come on, the more that we get of Him on us, the more that hope spreads. God bless you, church. 